up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are back and better and than ever, I guess, however you want to describe <laughs> it. So we, uh, we've we been on a break. Uh, we were hoping the testimony series was going to be enough to go through the entire summer because we had a very, very busy summer just personally. Um, and that was why we ran the testimony series because we was really hoping to get some more people in there. Um, however, that was unsuccessful. So we've been dormant for a couple of months. But um, don't think that we've been lazy. We've been busy in the church and we've been busy. Um, you know, Amber released a book. Do you want talk about I that did. talk about it um well I, I released the first of a three-part series addicted afflicted and forgiven and it is this one talks more um this one's the called the affliction and it talks more about the mental health side of um the things that i dealt with in my past and how it lines up with scripture on how i got through it um how i thought then and as to how i thought uh, how i think now so it's very good i've heard a lot of really good reviews from it everybody that's read it has said they've had to go back and reread it again and again and again and most of them have said that they've picked it up and wasn't able to put it down like they just kept reading it until they were finished with it and then they was like oh that was so good I gotta read it again so it, it's kind of exciting to me because I was super nervous about releasing it to begin with because I was like oh that's people are gonna think it's boring but Yep. So we it's went on inspiring. vacation right towards the end of the testimony series being released. Yep. We went on vacation, got to go to North Carolina. Uh, me and the kids got to see the ocean for the first time. Um, super awesome experience. Uh, it's totally worth it. We're going back in a couple of years. Um, and we also got to go to our first church and minister. Uh, and share a testimony and just kind of talk with people. Um, and uh, Pastor Wallace at Carpenter Shop International, that was really awesome. Pastor Mike um, and his wife, Miss Bonnie, they were the yes. ones who hosted us that week. Uh, it was super awesome. It was just, it was awesome. It was literally a once in a lifetime experience. I just talked it's to him the other day. Beautiful. Yeah, I just talked to him the other day, and I told him, I said, you know, I said, the kids are constantly talking about you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, and they are, they are really bugged. They want to see you. I said, and I just want you to know that, you know, that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it was awesome. It was worth every minute of it, and, and we're super grateful. Um, and I've heard that he had a blast. Even though the kids were a little bit extra, uh, he had a blast, and they, they really enjoyed us. So, From what I've understood, he was used to that because he took he used to do camping trips and stuff with kids around, like, probably around our two middle kids' ages. Yeah. So Well, they take him out and go camping with them and yeah. you know, mountains and the people find out what he was doing and he took all the kids in the church. He spent twenty or thirty years, I think, doing that. Yeah, he built I mean, a whole ministry. He out just of it. stopped yeah. doing it recently. Um but anyways, so it was it was awesome. It was a good time. Uh what else? So we did your book release. That's yeah. out. So if you guys are interested, you guys can go to Amazon. You can check that out. Um it's on ebook and um you can get physical. No, it's not on ebook. Oh I it's never, on and I did not release it on ebook. Oh, um, no, it's not. It's My just, yeah, you have to get, you have to get a hard copy. Okay. Um, but well. you guys can go to Amazon to do that. But anyways, uh, one more thing I'd like to say, um, we are working on updating things, uh, ministry wise. So me and Amber has been doing a lot of things bulk and I know there's people out there, uh, that's in our friend circle and stuff like that that want to help do those things. And we just are very mindful of people's time and, and their efforts and what they do. So that being said, you guys are going to notice that our uh, daily devotions are going to go to weekly. So they're going to be once a week. They're going to be released on Monday, right? Yes. And they will be on the website. Mondays at 12 o'clock. Yep, Mondays at 12 o'clock. So they'll be on the website. And I'm going to do a little something different with them. I'm going to, like, add some questions in there to have you some, you know, give you something to chew on throughout the week and, you know, things that you can just reflect on, ask yourself, or um, study out yourself so that you can 
like if I ask you something that's maybe a little too deep for you, maybe you can just go and, you know, look it up, you know, just dig in, give you something to really press into and see what God says about it. Well, and so we're, so we're looking at that. Um, and, and we're hoping that that goes well and stuff. And so, uh, you will see on the, um, website, you'll see that the daily devotions, uh, tab has been changed to a weekly devotion. So you guys will be able to see that. And Amber, you mentioned that you're going to leave them up for a month. Yes. I'm going to leave them up for the month. And then, uh, as the new month starts, I'm going to delete them all out and redo. Yep. So, uh, the old, old devotions, if you weren't able to read those, we are talking about making a 365, um, devotional book through Indeed and Truth. So it's just got to go through the, um, it has to go through the editing process process because we learned when releasing your book, uh, as the chief editor of your book, that was a process. Yes, it is. Um, and so, uh, imagine trying to take a year's worth of devotions and turn that into a book. So it's not even, the process hasn't even started. We have everything, but we have just not even sat down and started. So we're working on it, but Hey, uh, we will get there. Uh, we will get that done. Um, which brings me to the next thing I want to really talk about a couple things really. And, and as, as listeners and if people who are involved in our ministry and stuff that we do, I know that you guys love the things that we've been doing. Um, you guys enjoy the podcast and you guys love the concerts that we bring in. You guys love all those things and that's super great. But something that we definitely have to have one of those things is um, money. <laughs> so if you are somebody who is interested in giving or being involved in the ministry from a financial aspect, please reach out to us. You can go to the website. You can get involved there. Uh, we actually just lost access to our Pro Tools Um and it's because it was a perpetual license that I actually had had through school. So we've we've we funded a lot of things, and we're going to continue funding things because as long as we have the opportunity to do it, um, you know, we're going to do it. But we're just kind of hoping that there'll be one of those warriors out there that's like, "Hey, man, we'll help you do this," you know. So, but just remember, you know, I know people get excited; they love the concerts, they love the stuff that we're doing with them. But just remember that that stuff costs. Um, and you know, and we're going to seize every opportunity we can, uh, whenever there's something free going on, if we can get it in here and we can afford to, cause there's still costs on the backside, you know, you still have to take care of drivers. You still have to take care do some other things, but even if the concert's free, you still have to, yeah, have to, I don't want to beat around. I don't want to be else. hard on it. I'm just yes. saying, just remember, um, you know, moving forward, uh, that, you know, those things do cost and we were going to do everything we have possibly can to, to front those things and to take care of those things. Um, but right now the website's running on a couple hundred dollars that's left in the account. And that's because that's all the money we ever raised. Um, and so it's, it's been paying for the website to stay up. So, uh, that's another thing that I want to bring my, bring some attention to is that, you know, that, that those funds pay for the website to be up and pay for that to be accessible. Um, and people all over the world are using that. So, you know, we want that to be there. Uh, we funded it out of our own pocket for as long as we possibly could until, you know, we just couldn't handle it no more, and we had to start using ministry funds to do it. But just, I'm being transparent about it. That's it. That's all it is. Only purpose. Um, we're just being transparent. The other thing I want to draw attention to is we're going to be doing, on the contact tab, it'll be a drop-down menu now. Um, and it's not active yet because we haven't finished it yet, but we're going to have resources in there. Now, the resources uh, are going to be uh, things that you'll be able to go to Amazon and you'll be able to get a hold of. Um, and those resources are, uh, it's going to be one of them, I know for a fact, is going to be an ebook. Uh, and that ebook is a book that I'm working on writing, and it is a book for people who are newly saved. Um, it is going to be a free piece of material. You will be able to get it, uh, an ebook. It's going to be completely free. Um, 
I can't do a hardback free because they're still going to charge you money. So we will probably open up the opportunity for a hardback if somebody wants a physical copy of one of those books or some of our materials, but they will have a charge on them. Um, because that's got to pay for the print cost. It's got to pay for all that stuff. Uh, so really, by time it's done, you know, even if you charge fifteen bucks, uh, Amber sold several copies of her book and only saw thirty dollars of it. So don't think that it's well, something yeah. that you're getting I rich off of. I was about to say, of course, it's, you know, the yeah. the publisher has to get theirs too. So. Yeah, it's not it's not what you think. It's just it's got to. There's things that have to be paid for distribution, publishing, all those things. So I understand if you want a physical copy, great. But I encourage you to get the ebooks. All the ebooks and things like that will be free. Um, you know, and we're going to really start banging out our own materials um, to really help with this thing. You know, we talked about it a year ago when we first got started about really working on material. So we're working on it. Um, man, that's a lot to cover in a 10 minute span. So I apologize if that seems really long, but we had to get this stuff out there and let everybody know what we've been working on and things that we've been doing. Um, and I, we're excited about it. So uh, with that being said... I think we can go ahead and move on to a topic unless you've got anything else that you want to add to. I think that's everything. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure that's everything. Um, if for those who don't know what our um, website is, it, it's uh, indeed and in truth ministries. Dot org. Dot org. Yes. Yep. Indeed. And in, and in truth ministries. Yes. Dot org. Indeed. And in truth ministries. Dot org. <laughs> indeed. And in truth ministries. Dot org. Not the email. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say apt. <laughs> yeah, so uh we yeah, uh yeah, that's the website. You guys go check it out. Uh you know, it's got the podcast. It's got links on the podcast page um uh that you can go to and you can see all the places the podcast airs at. Um you know, anyway, so that's that's where we're at. That's what we're working on. So, uh exciting stuff, good stuff. Um, you know, we're working on those things, we're working on getting resources and materials and stuff like that put together. Uh, so hopefully you guys can be seeing some of those things and be looking for some of those things. Um, so now we'll just jump right into our topic. And so we were talking about this last week at the, uh, nursing home. Um, and, uh, it's called, we, I, I started a, uh, topic with them. Uh, I wouldn't even really call it a series, but it looks like that's kind of where it's going at the moment, but it's about divine intervention. So. We've already recorded one episode, <laughs> and we had some messes in there that we had to fix, and we're trying to get used to a new piece of software um, to use for the meantime so we can get our Pro Tools back. But um, So divine intervention, Amber, so I want you to define what you oh, think that means. Here we go with that again. Yeah, come okay. on. It's part of the conversation. Um, define what you think. Uh, just, if anything, define intervention. What is intervention? The togetherness of bringing somebody in and you know sitting them down and talking with them about something in particular like one subject of something you're talking to them about. which would be to help them it would always be something that would help them get through whatever they're dealing with okay so you're saying intervention is um you know hey you got a problem we got to do something yeah. about this okay yeah. and so and i'm pretty sure that we understand what divinity is so what is an example of divine intervention an example of divine intervention? Um, well, we were talking about it kind of this morning in a way. We were talking about how, um, you know, spending time with God um, can be 
used in particular that was like the biggest one spending time with him and how he called you know we were talking about how he called abraham a friend and how we should be called friends of god because if we're not spending time with him then we're not being his friend because if you think about it like you know the you talk to your friends on a daily basis you reach out to them when you need it you know or just to send them a silly song or whatever you got to do um why do we not spend time with our father that way you know like uh, throughout the day just you know randomly saying you know i thank you god just for something so simple like a the cup of coffee sitting here, you know, I thank you God for that cup of coffee, even though my husband made it, but you provided it, you know, so just being open to him in that type of way. But, um, the divine intervention being, you know, spending that time with him and being that close. Okay. I would disagree with you. Um, divine intervention in and of its definition would be Jesus's death on the cross. Well, yeah, I don't I don't. Could you could you say maybe with the, spending time with God? Yeah, but you know I'm thinking about intervention from a stance that you know you've done something wrong, or you've got yourself into something, and God intercedes for you or does something for you to change the outcome. That's kind of what I'm thinking about for intervention. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Okay. So let's get on the same page here. So intervention. So like we was thinking of, thinking about a situation I had at work completely in it wasn't a malice kind of a situation. I didn't do something intentionally, but God interceded on my behalf because of my integrity, because of my character. Okay, so I you're did. talking like grace. I guess if that's what you want to call it, but it's not just grace, because as we understand grace, grace is an empowerment for you to do something that you could not do before. But intervention had to take place before grace could. Yeah, I get yeah. You see what I'm saying? So Jesus's death on the cross created an opportunity for you to be in right standing with God because beforehand you couldn't do that. You had to go to a priest to do it. And then if you were a Gentile, you stood no chance. You didn't come into the Jewish society and say, hey, I want to come worship in your temple. It just wasn't happening. They weren't going to let you do it. So let's talk about, let's look at it from that aspect. Maybe not so much. I mean, yeah, you think about it, I guess from a side, you could say, okay, well, if I'm spending time with God on a regular basis and I'm doing these kinds of things, there's room for him to do things in my life that keep things from happening. I agree with that. So I could see it from that side. You're talking like, like as a beginner. Yeah. As some, yeah. Okay. Let's take it back to the basics. Let's just look at, you know, the basics of what Romans is talking about because all 16 chapters of that is giving us a definition about the work that was taking place and why the work had to take place, you know, and a lot of where I got some of this from was out of that. And actually I want to say that there was a song, uh, Lecrae or Triple E or one of them did that was called divine intervention and it was based out of Romans and that's what he was talking about. And so when I come across this and I was really looking at this, I was like, huh, hadn't thought about it before not like this you know what i mean but romans is really like the layout of what salvation was what it was for why it had to happen you know because people didn't understand it you know what i mean the jews really do believe you know if you're you know and i heard someone make a statement one time they said if you're not a jew you wouldn't understand hebrews to begin with because hebrews was addressed to the hebrew people like guys this is why he's the messiah you know what I mean? The disciples spent their entire lives trying to convince people that he was the Messiah that was prophesied about and that was talked about. So let's look at divine intervention from that aspect. You know, as somebody, hey, you know, there's a problem with your life and you've there's got something's got to happen, you know, or you're going to keep going the way that you're going and it's not going to end well. 
You got something? No. Oh, okay. You started searching. Well, I was just just looking at my notes from Romans. So I was just looking to see what. Oh, I thought, I thought you had something. So, okay. Um, well, anyways, so let's, so I was kind of looking through some of this stuff. And one of the stories that I grabbed a hold of was out of Job. And Job, uh, uh, ver- chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through 5, it was talking about who Job was. It was talking about his riches and how he had favor with God. And then if you jump down through verses 6 through 12, Satan wanted to basically just see Job curse God. And he couldn't stand him. Mm-hmm. And he said, the only reason that he won't curse you is because you have put a hedge around him and what happened was God said, okay, he said, everything that he has is in your power to do something with, except his life, you can't touch. You can't touch him or his life. And so what happens? He goes on throughout the rest of that story and then comes to find out, you know, he loses everything. He won't curse God. Even his wife comes and tells him, you need to curse your God and die. He wouldn't do it. And that was after Satan come back the second time and he said, hey, he said, uh, he won't do it because you wouldn't let me touch him. He said, fine, you can touch him, but you can't take his life from him. So, what was the purpose of that? I have absolutely no idea. How does it tie to divine intervention? We're going to get there. So I thought what was interesting was that Satan couldn't touch him unless God gave him a right to. The only other, and, and, and as we look at this, there's only two ways that I've found, and Jesus concurs this or agrees to this later, and we'll look at that in just a second. But the only two ways I've ever found Satan can touch your life is if you gave him a right to do it or if God gave him a right to do it. Right. Right? So let's look at what Jesus said in John chapter 19, verses 7 through 11. And what had happened was Jesus was just given to Pilate. And Pilate said, do you not understand that I have the power to crucify thee or the power to let you leave? And Jesus' response to him was that you have no power over me except it were given to you from above. And I'm going to look at that real fast. I've been reading that a bunch, so I kind of have some of that memorized. But let's look at it real fast, and I'll give you the word for word of what he said to him. Because he he was convinced this. He says, Thou couldst have no power at all over me, this is verse 11, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee has the greater sin. And so what he was really saying is he's reminding Pilate, you know, you're not the one who's really on, you know, you're not the one who's really on trial here. Um, you know, maybe the people who got you, but that I want to look at something different. He said, you couldn't have done this unless you had the authority from above to do it. So why do we make excuses for when things go wrong in our lives? Let's just think about it. Like I said, the base is control. Yeah, we want We do want control. But what's divine intervention do? Now, this is the epitome of everything that Jesus is about to do. He's about to establish relationship for mankind so that we can be in relationship with God again. So this is what he says. He says, you could never have done it if you didn't have power from above to do it in the first place. Satan could have never touched Job's life unless he could have had power from above to do so. See, and then when Jesus died, the Bible tells us that he is making intercession for us. So every given moment of the day, somebody is, he's, you know, Jesus is divinely interceding for you every moment of the day. Everything that you do, everything that's happening, it's constantly happening around you. The only way that Satan could have the authority to touch your life or anything around you is if you gave it to him or if God gave it to him. 
Now, if Jesus is consistently interceding for the brethren, even though Satan accuses us before the throne, that's scriptural, if he is constantly interceding for us, do you think he gave Satan permission to touch your life to begin with? No. No. So how does he get to touch your life? Oh, you're asking? Yeah, I'm asking. How does he get to touch your life? By our own selfishness. We gave him a door. We left something unguarded. Well, how do we do that? We dabble in some sin here. We might play a little bit on this over here. We might leave this open over here. We might get into some of this. I don't need to read my Bible this week. I haven't really, you know, I've been reading a lot over the last few days. So, you know, I'm cool. You know, I, I think I can handle this. That's what we do. You know, and I've had that. And we just talked about it earlier. No, no. You know, I have had months where I'm just in this rigorous schedule. And then I kind of come out. It's like, man, I've been ignoring this for months. I've got to get this done. i got to get this done. i got to get this done. Then and you, then before you know you it, you're it on in the, the back trap. Burner, yep. yep, you're right in the trap. And you're going right through We were talking about it. that this morning. And I made the comment that, you know, uh, when we don't make room for God in the forefront, it leaves room for offense. And being offended is just a defense of wanting to be in control. That's why we have to guard our hearts because there's a way that seems right to a man. Exactly. No, and that's what I'm saying. So, you know, you have somebody who's divinely interceding for you and making intervention for you on a regular basis. So if he's too busy to be worried about what Satan thinks about you. He's interceding for you. Right. That's kind of where I'm coming with this. So let's look at the other side of that. That means that you are opening doorways up and Satan gets to come in and wreak havoc in your life because you've given him a right to do so. I was just looking at this earlier, so now we're going to look at it now. And this wasn't even in my notes. But I was looking at this, and it's in Romans. And like I said, Romans is really, uh, it is really... My grandpa used to call it the book for sinners. I mean, well, it is really a good... um, Sorry, I'm looking for where this is at. I was just looking at it. See, Romans 5. Yes, so here we go. Uh, so let's just look at it this way. Uh, it says in, oh, I know it was Romans 6. Sorry, I misread that. Maybe it's got some early stages of dyslexia. Uh, verse chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Knowing Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death have no more dominion over him. For in that he had died, he died unto sin once. And in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. So Jesus' death on the cross made divine intercession for you, right? Yes. And it took away the natural, the natural desire, I'll say it that way, for you to pursue what your flesh wants. Right. You're no, your flesh can no longer come upon you. We talked about this on a previous recording. That's why I'm bringing it back. We, your sin can sin can no longer come on you and just fall upon you. No, you don't just fall That's into sin. What, I was I was about to say I made that comment on the last recording. You don't just fall like I can't stand it when people say that. Like, oh, so and so fell into sin. It's not a hole that you just walk into and just fall in. And even it's if you saw first. a hole in the middle of the road, you wouldn't walk into it. You'd walk around no, exactly. it. Exactly. It's a thought first, and sometimes you know you don't even realize 
that you're leading yourself right into it. So that's well, why. exactly. So it's a thought. It's a thought, and it's a pattern, and then boom, here we are. All of a sudden, oh, what happened? What happened? What happened? Right. We're gonna touch that here in just a minute out of Proverbs five. But I just want to look at this, and he said, "Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness." Unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. He eliminated that. That was divine, that was divine intercession at its best. He eliminated sin's right to have dominion over you any longer. Right. Right? Right. He got rid of that. He said, For you're not under the law, but under grace. He said, Wherein should we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? He said, God forbid. He said, Do not use the empowerment that God's given you as an excuse to make stupid choices. Be holy because he is holy. Let's go on. Let's keep going. Now, I'm not going to do this for long because I have a new process to cut these things <laughs> and it takes time. And so we're not going to do 45 minutes to an hour on an episode because <laughs> that's just going to take way too long. But I want to look at this. As in Proverbs 5, starts in verse 21, it says, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. Pondereth here is being translated... As, sorry, I lost it. I lost it, sorry. Where's it at? Uh, it's being translated as observes. Sorry. <laughs> I got lost for a second. It's being translated as observes. God is constantly watching, overseeing, and paying attention to everything that we're doing. Sorry, see, I got away from myself. And his own iniquities shall take the wicked, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. And he shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he will go astray. What is he talking about here? This is a constant reminder that's been presented to people of the Old Testament because every time that the sacrifice was made, they're reminded of their inability to successfully complete the law. And what did the law say? The law said, and Paul gave an illustration. He said, I once lived without, he said, I once lived without law and without sin. He said, but when the commandment came, he said, sin revived and I died. Right. What was he trying to say? He said that under this old covenant, I had absolutely no right to dictate to my body what it wanted. Right. Or I operated out of what was right in my own mind, and nobody could tell me otherwise. But what happened was the commandment came. He said, I would have never known lust had I not heard, thou shalt not covet. Right. He never would have been able to, I don't know why I want that. But I want that. And what do they do? They burn in a desire, and they take that. Go ahead. I was, I was about to say there was a woman today, she was talking about that with her kids. She said, you know, she's always raised them up in the church and, you know, all that. And they they went to a movies with a f couple friends this past like few weeks or whatever, and um, he I guess he got up and left in the middle of the movie because it just didn't sit right with him. And she said, "Now most teenagers they're not gonna get up in the middle of a movie because something's just uncomfortable." And sh she was explaining that to me, and she said, "You know I really believe because of my prayers of saying God make sure you know." That your guard, you know, please guard his heart because he doesn't understand for himself. You know, right now he's not thinking, you know, teenagers, they don't think with their head. Like, I'm sorry, they don't. But, you know, her prayers, they, they had, 
they had covered this kid and he he got up and left in the middle of this movie because it just it just did not sit right with him and i think that was a check in his spirit saying um this isn't right so here we are again we're coming back to a promise that's been given and divine intervention that's been made Oh yeah. Yeah, this this is happening around us on a regular basis all the time. Jesus is not unattended to the things no. that we pray about and the things that we're asking. So he said he writes if, them on the tablet of our hearts, you know? Well, he said he writes the laws on the yeah, tablet of our hearts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and so God said that he was going to take out your heart of stone and replace it with a yeah. heart of flesh. Why? Because man's heart is hard. Man's heart before salvation is this person right here that's being mentioned in uh, uh, Proverbs 5, verses 21 through 23. He says, his iniquities shall take the wicked. His iniquity, in other words, is sin. It's going to take him. He's going to be holding with the cords of it. He can't get away from it. He said that he's going to die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he would go astray. What's happening here? He's saying he will either die this way, and he's going to stay this way, or he's going to go astray. Those are his only options. Jesus' death on the cross, divine intervention at its best, eliminated that. Right. How do we know that? Because Paul said sin will no longer have dominion over you. Right. It will no longer be able to look at you and say, I own you. Here's another one. This is also, and it really, you guys should just read Proverbs 5. But it says uh, right here in verse 11, he says, oh, here, let's back it up just a little bit more. And it's actually talking about the strange woman. I'll just jump to verse 8. It says, Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh thy door of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel, lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last, when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. And say, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. There's only one way that sin gets dominion. There's only one way that Satan gets access to your life. I'm not convinced that God's going to turn another Job. Right. I'm just not. Now, I use Job as an example because even though that happened, Job's story ended with God restoring to him, I believe, sevenfold everything he well, lost. You said that, and it made me think about now there is going to be circumstances where people in your life make messy decisions, and it does affect you to where you might put your mindset in the same area as Job was in, where it literally tears you down to that point, but... Just know, uh, according to Romans eight twenty eight, he's going to work all things to the get together for the good of those who love him. Well, and so, not just that, but you know, even then, you're still looking at that. That was somebody else's decision. Yeah, exactly. It if wasn't you're yours. Positioned with God, but I've been in positions like that where you know everything around me is just going wrong, and people are making stupid choices that I would never personally make, and they are affecting me. But how do you deal with that? Like, I would constantly ask God, like, why is this happening to me? Why? What did I do to deserve that to happen to me? Like, but then I had to realize it was not anything I had done personally. It was their own foolishness, as Proverbs says, or their own lack of discipline that is putting themselves in that position. So, so if you're a person today and you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I need divine intervention. 
You know, if you're a new listener, if you're someone who's been listening, if you're somebody who comes around, you know, we're going to keep talking about this. I'm going to keep developing on this because I'm going to preach some more of this this week at the nursing home because I want to talk about some situations where, you know, we talk about why do bad things happen in my life? Why are they happening to people around me? Uh, Have you stayed submitted to God or are you just dabbling around in some sin and stuff like that and you've given Satan a right to touch something in your life? Have you done this? Have you done this? Uh, Did you do something illegal eventually and it caught up to you? You know, did you this? Did you this? You know, I believe God can cover. I can believe that God can cover a lot of things, um, but the reality is, is there are some things um, that we position ourselves for, and you know, we put ourselves outside of the reach. Now, does that you know? I think about it like this. You know, especially that one I just made the comment about. You know, if you've done something, you're going to have to pay for a crime. Now, you know, think about Joseph. Joseph didn't even do anything wrong, but even though he got put in that situation, God still worked that thing out for him, and he still got favor with the jailer, and he still had favor inside of the prison. You know, you could be that person who, if you've been in a situation like that, and you get yourself in some trouble, and it catches up to you one day, and you end up in jail for it. It doesn't mean that God can't move that situation for you. It doesn't mean that he can't bring favor on your life. It doesn't mean that he can't try to do something. Those are all divine intervention moments. Right. But don't take those moments, and that's what Paul was saying. He said, do not take the grace of God lightly and just ignore the fact that just because you're no longer alive to this world, but you're dead in Christ, therefore you've been raised up in new life to him. You're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. Don't take that grace and use it as an excuse to sin. No. Or to put yourself in a position where you're blaspheming and arguing and fighting with God over something that absolutely did not matter. Right. Because you've got to protect your pride. So, again, if you're one of those people. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, or if you're in a situation where you have sinned and you just won't stop beating yourself up. That's another one that's really heavy within the church. They think, oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm a filthy sinner. Da, 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 da. Yes, we all fall short. You know, the Bible says we all fall short. Well, and like I said, we're going to keep talking about this, and we're going to keep digging on this one. Because um, like I said, I've got, I got a couple more pages of notes just alone on that. But I want to lay a foundation in that. we got to understand what was divine intervention. What was the purpose of it? You know, we just looked at a couple examples. Now, we could look at many, many more. You know, but we there's just a couple of examples um, that really just lay those things out. You know, we were bound. We were stuck. We were heading in one direction, and that was it. Uh, and Jesus opened that doorway up for us. So that way we didn't have to go that direction. And you don't have to go that direction. And like I said, if you're somebody who's new, if you're someone who's been listening, you do not have to go that direction. You can choose to let Jesus intercede for you today. And so if that's something that you want to do, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. And so I just want you to say this prayer with me. I just want you to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today and I ask for salvation. I ask for forgiveness and I ask for Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. And from this day forward, I will live for you because you died for me. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so if you are a person who's accepted Christ, we want to know about those things. And it's not to make a statistic out of you. It's not for records. It's not for nothing. We really just want to celebrate genuinely with you and we're excited for you. So Please reach out to us. Let us know. Check out the website. Check out the old podcast. You know, we're going to be getting back into things and we're going to be swinging things around and doing some stuff. Might take another break at the end of the year just for family purposes and holidays. But, you know, we'll work through that process as we're going. So, uh, Amber, go ahead and pray us out and uh, we'll go on from there. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word, Lord. We ask that it doesn't fall on deaf ears and that people would just take it and run with it, Lord, and that they would just turn their lives around for you, Lord, that you would intercede and bring divine intervention in every person that is listening to this today. And we just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, take care uh, and catch us next week on the next episode.